You're listening to the Plain Label Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Plain Label Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Williams. In this episode, we are discussing the second half of the Marvel Disney Plus series, Moon Knight. Joining me once again for this episode is the Mark Spector to my Alan Grant, Mr. Alan White. <laughs> you did it again. I did. I did. <laughs> and uh, that's not the only guest that we have. Um, as, as we heard at the end of the recording, I had some personal business to go take care of. So we recruited a... Uh, a, a person with a little bit wider breadth of knowledge on the uh, on the source material. It is uh, Mr. Jake Lockley himself, <laughs> Mr. Andrew Shaw. <laughs> May Conchu watch over all of us. That's right. Before getting into our discussion, we are still brought to you by Derek Coward and the fine folks over at Deliberate Noise Network. Head to deliberatenoise.com for more current and archived shows from the network okay so let's do a drink roll call mr andrew shaw what sort of coffee are you having well uh different to the uh usual coffee i drink when we record um it is really hot here today um it is you know it's not even 10 o'clock in the morning i think it's almost almost already 30 degrees which is you know in the 90s for your backwards system <laughs> Damn. Um, i was waiting for some sort of celsius um, fahrenheit joke yes yeah <laughs> but I'm, I'm drinking a suntory coffee boss iced long black okay which, bit of a bit of a asmr for people out there <laughs> i don't know if that very true. <laughs> i heard it i heard it too yeah it's well, we it on so yes that's a it's it's too hot for I mean it's never too hot for coffee but today is pushing it. Mm. Alan, what about you? I am I've got a ghetto I've got a big bucket <laughs> of ghetto juice right now. <laughs> I put I put in my strawberry lemonade wilers. I put in my regular lemonade wilers. I threw in some De Serrano and I got some Jack label, layer a layer of Jack on top. Nice. So, I like and this that's whole. Why I was listening. That's why I was listening to Cuff It, Cuff it by Beyonce, because I'm in the mood to fuck something up. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we uh, we have this whole new, like, whiskey drinking, Alan, that I didn't, uh, I was never aware of, but the, these past couple of episodes, it's coming through with the whiskey. Uh, my, it feels like I've acclimated myself to De Serrano, mm -hmm. so, so my body's like, De Serrano, psh, so I'm like, oh, oh, really? Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny because you know I'm so used to you getting all of this the sweet drink, and so then you you pull out that Jack, and I'm like, what? What in the world? That does not compute well, to me. That's don't fart juice. Yeah, really. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't discount all the sugar sugary stuff that I put underneath <laughs> it. <though. laughs> You're overwhelming it, overwhelming it with the sweets. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't just do straight whiskey. I'm not doing that. Okay. Well, I have uh, much like Mr. Shaw. I have something for the mic. It is. Hey. Yeah. It is a. Uh, this is from here in town, um, but it is called Match and Maker. It is a chocolate raspberry stout, uh, and it says, "Make me a match. Find me a match. Catch me a catch." This is the story of how raspberry met chocolate. 
charmingly smooth, seductively rich, a love affair between cacao nibs and tart, <gasps> sweet raspberries entangled in a dark oatmeal stout. So it oh is God. a 6% uh, <laughs> store and serve cool. It is stout brewed with raspberries and cacao. In the, is in the immortal words of Ash Williams in uh, Army of Darkness, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. <laughs> That's right. I can see the gift. I can see it right now. Uh, so I'm pouring this over ice because the last time when Alan and I talked, I felt like it was maybe, oh, an hour into our recording when I first had my first drink or so, maybe my second drink. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ooh, this is warm. This is not the way to do this. So <laughs> I got a glass and some ice and I'm ready. And I am ready. It, so that is what we are drinking. We are uh, we are discussing Moon Knight again, and we're going to uh, be discussing episodes four through six. Hello, and welcome to Staying Awake. I have a sleeping disorder. I can't tell the difference between my waking life and dreams. Hello, and welcome to Staying Awake. I'm losing it. Real catch you are. You're bloody useless. Stevie. Steven. <laughs> I can't tell the difference between my eyes and dreams. Thank you. Lost the contact lens. Hope you find it. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, you're alive. What's wrong with you, Mark? Why did you call me Mark? It must be very difficult. The voices in your head. There's chaos in you. Embrace the chaos. And the IMDb plot synopsis, we're going to read this again for Mr. Shaw. And it goes like this. The series follows Stephen Grant, a mild-mannered gift shop employee who becomes plagued with blackouts and memories of another life. Stephen discovers he has disassociative identity disorder and shares a body with mercenary Mark Spector. As Stephen slash Mark's enemies converge upon them, they must navigate their complex identities while thrust into a deadly mystery among the powerful gods of Egypt. What do you think, Mr. Shaw? Good? Mm, yes, uh, especially for this for this series. Yes, definitely covers everything you need to sort of get you interested in the show. Yeah. So Alan and I talked about our very very limited history with this character, with Mr. Mark Spector. He was dropping bombs on me like I thought uh, the whole Stephen Grant thing was a very new concept. I didn't know that it was mm -hmm. like that he was messed up from way back. But what is it 
Uh, when did you kind of come about Moon Knight and what sort of drew you to the character? Was it was it the visuals first or was it like you saw him in a different book or what was the deal? I um when I got back into comics for oh, be almost probably 20 years ago now, um I was at our local comic shop and um just sort of looking because I was trying to find some you know some different series to read and there was a a book on the shelf, uh, Moon Knight number 20 from the uh, Charlie Houston run, mm. um, the, one of the more recent runs. And it had – it was Moon Knight in the middle, and it was like it was like the camera was in the a wolf's jaws looking at the character. Oh, like yeah. Was, yeah, I know that cover. Yeah. Yeah. And so I went, oh, this looks interesting. And I picked that up. Um, it had a really interesting one-shot story about uh, an underground werewolf fighting ring. Um. And then in the back of the book, it had a reprint of um, the first appearance of Moon Knight. Oh, okay. And so it sort of lucked into, oh, this is interesting. Oh, okay. And, like, when it comes to monsters, werewolves are my thing. I love werewolves. I, um, you know, as much as I love, you know, the Jason Voorhees and things like that, I, I, I love a good werewolf in a movie. Um, and so I thought, oh, okay, so werewolves. So I, I did a bit of back, uh, you know, back issue bin diving and found the rest of the Charlie Houston run, and I just sort of, the character just – he was different to a lot of the other characters. He was very flawed, like not flawed in like a punisher way, but in like a – he he's very mentally unstable and he had, you know, he he had a support network that he'd uh, alienated and it was just a really fascinating story. And the character just – I you know, this guy who has all these different personalities in his head, it just made it um, a lot more interesting than some of the other stuff that was on the shelves at the time. Hmm. Interesting. So I'm look, I'm looking at this. This is a uh, volume five of Moon Knight, is what you're referencing, mm-hmm. and it was a a Mike Diodato um, drawn issue. Yeah. And I knew him best from Thor stuff and Avengers stuff around the time. Um, yeah. And then it was mostly a uh, a textbook, a uh, Tex and Javier Salteres or however you say it, uh, Mark Texiera and Mike Benson. Yeah. Uh, took over after that. And it but, started with um, oh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Finch? Is it Finch? David Finch. David Finch. David Finch. Yeah, he did the first six issues, I think, of it. Okay, interesting. So, would you say that what? So, I was telling Alan this in the previous recordings, but I've got on my local library digital comics service a lot of epic Moon Knight stuff, and I was complaining that mm-hmm. there's so many different volumes of things, and there's so many different mm-hmm. trades and collections that it, it is a little messy in my brain as to where uh, a place to start is outside of just like the epic collections where, you know, covers the werewolf by night stuff and, and his first, yep. uh, first issues. Do you think that this volume five is a good place to start? Should I just start with the Jeff Lemire stuff? The only moon Knight that I've ever read, we figured out was the, the Bendis um, attempt. Oh, okay. And All that right. was only like an episode or, or an issue or two. Yeah, that was like, I think that's a 12 issue run, that one. That's sort of, uh, yeah, it's okay. Um, for me, the best Moon Knight is the first 26 issues of Volume 1. It's the. Oh, okay. uh, the beginning stuff, um, right? Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, oh, why am I blanking? It's Bill Sienkiewicz art. Doug uh, Mencher. Um, Doug, Doug Munch. Yeah, Doug Mench, However you say uh, that. Written. Yeah. And that. So that first 26 issues, um, I, it's, I know it's a lot, but it's sort of. It is the in my opinion, the best Moon Knight stuff. It's the best. It looks the best. It's Sienkiewicz on art, so you can't really, you know, fault that. 
Um, but I think it's it's a lot of fun. Um, the the stuff in the middle where that issue twenty is, you sort of need a bit of the backstory. It's like the it starts with the middle um, with uh, Houston and Finch, and it it's all right. It's it's very violent. Um, there's some really interesting stuff around the Civil War time, um, mm. and then the last sort of there's a the arc right at the end called Down South, um, which has Moon Knight in Mexico. It has um, these two uh, luchador brothers who say bro a couple of years before <laughs> Hawkeye did it. Um, Alan and I talked about the bro stuff. About, that was yeah. the only thing that didn't annoy me about the tracksuit maf- mafia. <laughs> well, that was and that was this these two these two wrestlers. They they use bro at the end of every sentence. And then when I was reading that Hawkeye run later on, I was like. Ah, they stole it from there. They probably didn't. Um, and it's got the Punisher. It's a really like, fun little story. Um, but I think the the latest run um, with uh, Jed McKay has been really good. And this is um, uh, this is you're talking about Moon Knight Legacy, or is that something different? No, just the the main series at the moment. Okay. Um, I think they're about um, maybe twenty issues in. And it, yeah, that's that's a really good run at the moment. Um, the Bender stuff, I'd probably avoid. It doesn't have a lot to do with Moon Knight. It does talk about a Moon Knight TV series, but that's about it. Uh, it's, can um, you tell me? Yeah, it's a it's a bit I, weird. I was trying to remember why Wolverine and Spider Man and all those other people were showing up in Moon Knight's head. Was he being those characters, or was he being talked to by those characters in his head? I think that he was being talked to, but it was. It's been such a long time since I read it because I didn't love it. It's not one I've gone back to. Um, I do remember that you know the in the first few issues he's talking to those guys and then he um, he's having a bit of a, an episode and he you know and Cap shows up and he's like oh you know yeah go away leave me alone I'm sick of talking to you and Cap's like well we haven't spoken in a few years it's oh it's the real Cap. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't remember a whole lot. I, I I'd have to go back and read it and I'm not that keen on going back to it. <laughs> so that's all of us then. I think that's just you and me both because I can't remember yeah. the details either. How about no, the no, other, one of the no other offense, things, Mr. Bendis. Yeah, really. One, <laughs> I know he's an avid listener. One of the other I things that, uh, that we were struggling about was when Mr. Or, uh, Mr. Knight showed up. So Mr. Knight was in the, uh, it was, uh, who's that guy who got uh, canceled now? Um, Warren Ellis, the Warren Ellis run with uh, Declan Shelby on art. Oh, the see, now I think oh, I got this right, Alan. You did get it right. Yeah. All right. That, now, as much as Warren Ellis is a piece of shit, allegedly, um, I don't want to get sued. I haven't got enough money for that. He's a, um, another listener. He, uh, that run, that little six issues is really, really good. Um, that's where you get the, the Moon Knight suit with the Conchu head mask. And you get the Mr. Knight stuff. Um, and there's a, a run of Secret Avengers mm. that Warren Ellis did as well. And it was the Secret Avengers team that had Moon Knight and Beast and Valkyrie and Black Widow and Cap. And I think Ant-Man, I think, was in that squad as well. Um, and he did these six issues of – and I think he has a similar sort of looking Mr. Knight in that as well. Um, I think that's the first sort of appearance of him when he – they go to infiltrate like a casino or something and he's walking around in a white suit. And then when the fighting starts, he just puts a white mask over the top of his head. Mm, okay. And that's the origin of Mr. Knight. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hmm. All right. How did I not know that you were such a, a werewolf person? Oh, I love werewolves. Yeah. 
We don't think we've any we've ever discussed anything werewolf, have we? We've never talked any werewolf movies, I don't think. Oh, weird. Yeah, when it comes to like the Universal Monster style ones, it's it's always werewolves for me. Huh. You've got to listen to his, all his other appearances at, at, on other podcasts. I the guess Werewolf I... by Night podcast and the and yeah. his um, what's the one you do with M and uh, and Dean? Oh, pod 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 of the damned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Alan, if people yeah, don't talk we... to me, I just pretend like they're you know they don't exist. I got a real Mark Spector yeah, thing did. going on. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Is that that's how it works for me? That's, that's how it works for me. Shame. So. Mr. Shaw, what did you think uh, of this representation before we get into the final three episodes? What did you think of Moon Knight overall? So I I went in with um, very low expectations because I didn't want to get too excited about it. Um, you know, being my favorite character and all, you, you sort of go in with, uh, you know, some trepidations about it. Um, I really loved the show. I thought it was great. I My only... My only little not a complaint, um, but it's sort of similar with a lot of superhero TV shows. Is I would have liked a bit more suited Moon Knight mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. with him in the full getup. I, I think there was a, a not enough of that as we went along in the show. Um, but I did love the idea of the um, the switching between so that you know it was uh, Mark in the the cowl and the cape Moon Knight, and Stephen got his Mister Knight character because it's sort of the Mr. Knight character looks a bit less intimidating, mm-hmm. which is what Stephen was like. So, yeah, I, I, I had a ball. I think um, Ethan Hawke is great in it, uh-huh. um, which the more I watch of him, the more he's becoming a very underrated actor for me. Uh-huh. And I told <laughs> Alan, my my kiddo knows him because of it being Maya Hawke's dad from Stranger Things. Yep. <laughs> and then she knows him. She's like, oh, it's the guy from the black phone as soon as he came up. Mm-hmm. And so that's yep. that was... Uh, quite a dating and sad thing for me when she's like, this is who this person's from. And I was like, Oh my God, the nineties are that far away. <laughs> like Ethan Hawke was such a big deal. That was only a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, it really was. Oh yeah, man. Wow. And now his child is a full grown person on stranger things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh no. Yeah. That doesn't make me feel old though. So no, not at all. Forever young. No. Yep. Me. <laughs> that is it's funny. Well, you get a bit, and I think you'd probably experience this too, Eric. When you're sitting there watching your show with your with your you know your kiddo and you go, oh that's such and such as dad, and you go uh-huh. oh my god, <laughs> like we were watching um one of the Pitch Perfect movies the other night, uh-huh. and Sean Astin's son is in that. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I'm like oh you know oh, that's um that's Mikey from the Goonies' his son, and she's like who I said Bob from Stranger Things. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. oh, Bob, yeah Bob. Oh I know Bob. <laughs> And then we watched um, Wednesday, the first episode of Wednesday, and oh, I was yeah. showing them the old Adams family. Yeah. And I was like, that guy is Bob's dad, who is that guy from Pitch Perfect's grandfather. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what's funny is... And now I sound a thousand years old. Well, and what's funny is my kid was like, yeah, they had clips from, or they were uh, referencing the old Adams family. And I was like, oh, the black and white one? They're like, no, the old one. And I'm like, what? Oh, no. <laughs> I was like the one where, where Christina reaches oh. young. She's like, yeah, oh. the old one, you know. Oh, that's the old one. <laughs> that was oh, that was what she was referencing man. in her mind. Yeah. I quit. I quit. <laughs> yeah. Evie said something about something that was ten years old being old yesterday, and I was like, that's no, 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 no. Yeah, in that's the twenty teens. Years. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now, your sister is ten years old. That you can't say that's old. <laughs> mm. Unbelievable. 
Unbelievable. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that's, that's one of the things about Moon Knight that I would have loved to have known a little bit more about was I didn't really get a, a sense of a personality of who who the sort of costumed character Moon Knight was. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it seems like, you know, you have... Uh, you ha- like we we talked a little bit about the Batman comparisons, and you have that sort of um, thing with either Batman or Superman, to where it's like, oh, the real person is the one in the cape, and the persona is is who he's just you know when he's a regular guy. But I didn't really mm-hmm. get too much of a sense of a duality. It was just like, you know, he had his personalities, which was the obviously the duality, but you didn't get a sense of oh, this one can do this, and the other one can do that. Because it was more yeah. character based, and I didn't know if that was consistent to the books or if that was just a choice that they had made. Oh, the books are extremely inconsistent with his powers. Um, the early stuff, he's just a person in a suit. He's, you know, effectively. I don't like the comparison, but Batman. He has, uh-huh. you know, he's the rich guy with the copter and everything like that. Um, and then later, in later ones, he he gets stronger depending on how full the moon is. Um, in other ones, he's got like special weapons that are like like an egyptian um ank ank whatever you call it and things like that he he has that are more powerful that make him stronger it's it's a bit all over the place and eventually they sort of i know the most the more modern stuff they've just settled on him being he's just a, a man in a suit which is you know he, he's a street level character a lot of the time he's not as cosmic as the tv show made him out to be oh, but then okay. there's a whole run of the avengers recently where he and conchu mm-hmm kick the Avengers asses and take over the world. So, you know, it's, they, they like to play with it a little bit. What the mm-hmm. hell? And what about, huh. what about the arc before that, where, um, it seems like Kanchu transformed all of New York t- to a new Egypt kind of thing, or if not, mm-hmm. the, yeah, New yeah. York, the, the world. Yeah. So all that, there was that whole, yeah. yeah. So Kanchu has shown himself to be hella powerful at times in the comics. Well, let me. So yeah. let me ask you this: in in the books traditionally, then is Kanchu a villain, or is he a mentor, or what is what is uh, his deal? He's a he's a bit ambiguous. He's sort of like I guess he's kind of like um, uh, what's his name, Odin, because oh, Odin sort okay. of Odin's a good guy when he wants to be. He's also an asshole when he wants to be. <laughs> Uh, asshole is the exact word I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's um so conscious sort of has that feeling as well where he helps Mark, but then he also has his own little things going on on the side. And if it doesn't really, if it's not something he's interested in, then he doesn't really care. Hmm. Okay. These so, uh, these yeah. aloof gods. Well, that I guess that sort of mm. makes sense because he's essentially just out for Conchu's out for Conchu, right? In in this yeah. in this adaptation, there's he wants to use Mark or he wants to use Layla or he wanted to use Harrow or whoever, but it was just all essentially about him being able to do what he wanted to do and not get in trouble. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. The one thing, the one thing that was consistent in this in this series though about Country was that he wanted to punish evildoers. Mm-hmm. He wanted to punish people who did wrong. So he, he was like obsessed with that, and that was his agenda. Whereas sometimes in the comics he wants more than just that like that time when he he kicked all the avengers asses and took everything but i think the mm-hmm. bottom line for that was he needed to impose his order on the world because too much was getting slipping under the cracks so maybe that is his his modus operandi just mm-hmm. i want i want punishers punished i want them punished right now and you guys aren't doing a good enough job fair 
Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, so, I get. Listen, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It made me did want a uh, Jason Aaron written Moon Knight book too. Hmm. So besides that opening, besides those opening, um, you know, the first volume of Moon Knight, you wouldn't say that there's like, what do you think about like Jeff Lemire's run? Is that like a definitive, really good version? I think his run is great. Um, And Cullen Bunn did a really good run in there as well. There was a a run sort of, there was Alice Bunn Lemire in a row that sort of did short sort of 12, 18, 24 issues on the run. And um, they were all fun. They were all great. And, you know, I had no problems with any of them. It's just that I I love, like, the, the first 26 Moon Knight for the Munchkin Cabbage run is is possibly my favorite run of comics ever. Oh, okay. Um, it, it is beautiful. Like, it, it's a beautiful book. And it's it's sort of Sienkiewicz doing his Neil Adams, but with his sort of spin on it at the yeah, time. That's, so it looks... that's where he got like his voice, right? Where it was like a mm. Neil Adams clone to being like Sienkiewicz. Yeah. And the issue 26 of the run um, is this, it's called hit it. And it's this, it's hard to explain without actually people seeing the book, but it's, it's got like, it's that Sienkiewicz that, you know, with the, the frenetic line and the background pictures and the, you know, it plays almost like a song. Like there's bits where there's musical notes wafting through the background and stuff. And um, in the in the next issue of the run, I think it's either 27 or 28, um, Bill Sinkiewicz puts a letter in there saying, I'm leaving the Moon Knight book because 26 is the best I could ever do on this book. And <laughs> I, I, I peaked. I cannot, I can't continue because I don't want to fall down after this. So I'm leaving the book on that high note. Hmm. And then he went to, what, New Mutants after that? Something like that? That would that's was, more Alan's or, territory. I think he would know more than me. What was, was New Mutants before this or after this? Alan, do you know that? I wish I knew. Oh, but, come um, on. Because I know that. Awesome. Come on, Mr. Marvel Unlimited. It feels like it's after because he was a lot more Sienkiewicz-y than he was Neil Adams. Mm. Okay. In New Mutants. Yeah. Because he has all the Demon Bear stuff. That wouldn't have been a Neil Adams thing. So it must have been oh, Moon Knight then. very Sienkiewicz. Yeah. And Warlock. Oh, right, right, yeah. He's got the definitive mm-hmm. warlock, just this scratchy silhouette Love with it. these. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so it's got to go Moon Knight and then New Moons. So we figured that out, see? Talked ourselves yeah, into a problem think, and figured it out. We think we figured it out. No, it's, it's definitive. That's <laughs> It's correct. <laughs> it is correct. All right, well, let's get into the to some of the episodes. Um, Mr. Shaw, to uh, catch you up, I have issues with Jeremy Slater, the uh, guy in charge of the, the show. Um, he mm-hmm. also did the Umbrella Academy, which I also have issues with. Um, and he did uh-huh. the... Uh, if you, We may or may not have talked about this just in passing, but did you ever watch the, the Fox Exorcist show? No, I, I did know, not. I know you're not asking me. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so the Fox Exorcist like, show, before it gets rebooted, uh, I think next year with David Gordon Green. Yeah. Um, it's. Uh, um, yeah, looking forward to that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> difference of opinions upcoming. <clears throat> anyway, before we, we won't get into Halloween ends, but uh, um, please not. <clears throat> The the Exorcist the Exorcist TV show, it yep. is about like this very it's it's sort of similar to where it's a very uh, troubled priest and he's sort of like a more of an adventuring kind of a priest to where he has to track down these 
like a uh, an exorcism of the week, it seems like, right? I am. And he's very sort of like an alcoholic and struggling with uh, drugs and and trying to like keep his faith and all this. And then he runs across this suburbanite played by Gina Davis, and her daughter is, you'll get, you know, you guessed it, also um, oh. being possessed. And so the first season is all about them trying to help her out, and it, she's got very sort of Reagan-esque sort of abilities, or or in it, and they're having a real struggle, right? And the only, like, redeeming thing that I really enjoy about that first season is that at the end, they reveal that Gina, da- Gina Davis is Reagan, is the grown-up oh. version. And it's okay. like... Oh, it, shit! And so it's That's like... Cool. Yeah, so it's like a, a generational thing to where it's like, it it's they got rid of it for a while, but it's like never letting this family go. And I was oh, like, no, Ooh, shit. Okay, that's an interesting spin. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, like this, that. and so I was like, Oh man. And then they, uh, Gina Davis is killed. <laughs> oh, well, oh, thank you very much. Alan, you're not going to watch just, it. You, and then, never. Uh, and then, never. uh, they had a season two and the scene at season two has, um, uh, Megasonic teenage warhead in it. That, that actress <laughs> from oh, yeah. Deadpool. And uh, John Cho is the main guy, um, uh-huh. and it's the same the same priests, but they're kind of out in the wilderness, and it's very um, Nightmare on, on Elm Street three, to where each one of them has some sort of mental issue, and Ooh. the sort of dream warriors, yeah, and so the the demon is like exploiting them in different ways, and it's it's less good, but it's still like for for it being an exorcist show on f- just regular Fox, it was surprisingly good but it had qualities like what moon knight does and like what umbrella academy does where it's like the jeremy slater of it to where you've got to have a serious moment but then some 50s like standard playing uh that's like a cheery Mm -hmm. song and it's just like a ripoff of the of the stephen king mike flanagan stuff um Uh... And I'm like, I've this is enough. And by the time he did it again in in the first episode and then the last episode of Moon Knight, I was like, dude, I have seen this trick. Like, I am not. I've, I've had it. I've had it with this. Uh, and then Alan was shocked to hear that I've uh, I've I've cooled somewhat on our uh, on my Mike Flanagan love. Um, yeah. Uh, of most of the recent stuff that he's done, I haven't particularly enjoyed. So. Aren't you, you shocked, Andrew, to hear him? <laughs> Because he's like, what about Hill House, though? Yeah, I never watched, um, what was the one he followed up Hill House with? The Hunting of Bly Manor. That one? No, I never watched it. And I watched the first episode of Midnight Mass, and I was like, yeah, this seems good. And then I just, there's too much other stuff to watch. Yeah. Uh, I, Alan, maybe you would like Midnight Mass. It is nope. horror, though. No. <laughs> but it is, no. uh, it's no. a religious horror. As a matter of fact, I was feeling kind of squidgy when you was talking about Exorcist. So. Oh, okay. Well, don't watch that. But it, uh... until, until you gave until you gave me that Reagan is uh, was Gina Davis growing up. That was a, that was a very cool turn. And then they killed her. I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. out. Yeah, I hate when they do that. What they do that for? Well, Alan, I've you... been thinking about that all goddamn night. Yeah, Alan was talking about how he doesn't like it when characters are introduced and then killed because he's mm-hmm. growing to like them and then they're killed off. I hate that. See, and, and this is my example right here. In the 
three minutes you got me talking you were talking about Gina I see Gina Davis clearly in my mind and now she's Reagan and now I'm thinking about the character Raven and all the things she went through through all the exorcists and now you tell me they killed her off and now I'm hurt mm-hmm. <laughs> well that's what happens when you're uh, so empathetic you know you're I'm empathic I hate it I hate it <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, so that's my Jeremy Slater, uh, not always a fan of, of the tone, because it just feels like mm-hmm. the same the same sort of thing that he does a lot. So, finally, episode four. This is <laughs> called The Tomb. Oh, wait, what are we talking about again? Yeah. We're not talking about <laughs> horror, surprisingly. This is horror adjacent, though. It, yeah, it is. Yeah, no, it's, it is weird having Mr. Sean here, and we're not doing horror. We're not doing some sequel that I'm like, this is terrible, wasn't it? Wasn't this terrible? No. Um, I'm gonna but, get you to do Leprechaun one day. Uh, yeah, I'll watch. I'll do a Leprechaun as soon as Alan agrees to watch it with us. A Leprechaun sounds harmless. <laughs> yeah, there's no horror in that at all. Come yeah, on, it's not scary. Alan, you would like a uh, Leprechaun in the Hood in particular. I'm sure that would not be offensive in any way. <laughs> I disagree. I, iced tea. Come on now. Yeah, it's got iced tea in it. I still needed to pay the rent that month, I suppose. <laughs> I guess so. I guess he had, so. He had, didn't have his SVU money then. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't he something like he's uh he's been on there for just forever in a day? 13, yeah, 14 like years by now? Yeah, either the second longest or the longest running cast member of the show. Yeah, ridiculous. Unbelievable. I mean, good for him. You know, get your get your money. It's get ironic you. for a guy who wrote Cop Killer. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so ironic. That is funny. That is funny. So, Moon Knight, episode four, The Tomb. This at the beginning, my first note was they had the, uh, this is the Raiders of the Lost Ark moment where they have yes. all of the gods and all of the boxes and all of the, everything was being hidden away. And this is, Alan kind of goes to the conversation we had before about how many gods, what are all their powers, who's bigger and badder mm. than the other. And it's it's a little bit like the magic thing to where I'm like, I get introduced to all these and I need to have some kind of hierarchy. Like, I need to know who's the best and the power, most powerful and all this. <laughs> and when there's so many of them, I'm like, well, I don't I don't get it. I don't know. You need your Egyptian god trading cards. I do. I do. And, you know, that was one of the first things that I got when I got into comics. Like, for me, it was in the it was in the 80s, uh, in the in the like <laughs> early to mid 80s. And I got. It's where I would get some books every once in a while, but it was like the 90, maybe like 92 Marvel series of, of cards that came out and mm-hmm. it had like their powers and it ranked them and it had like how many fights that they had been in and how many times they had lost. And I was like, oh my God, like I could sort of mentally put together who was the best. But when it's, when it becomes like magic and gods and like stuff like that, it's all thrown out the window for me. So then I think it's only important to know that there's all these Egyptian gods that have had some kind of congress with each other and they agreed to lay low and not show themselves to the public. And um, Khonshu is a, a, a maverick about that. And they've already imprisoned Amit. Mm-hmm. Amit. I think that's the only thing you have to know. Yeah. Mm. Well, let me ask you this. So they're laying low to what end, though? I don't know. Like, maybe because they, like what are they doing? Maybe 
maybe it's the Asgardians uh, had uh, taken up too much, had taken all the oxygen out of the room, or um, the Eternals, or <laughs> well, that's what who, I was going to say. Who knows it's what? Like, it's like everyone's got like a conference room of all these characters that are just laying low for a while. <laughs> it's like all yeah, of these greater gods said that we can't do anything on Earth until X Y Z happens. Isn't it like I'll a scene out of um... <laughs> Go ahead, Al. Go I'll on. tell you why, brother. I'll tell you why, brother. Because God is the only God. <laughs> I, I said God in existence. I, I said God is the real God. And none of these gods are real. They're all the devil. So don't you dare tell me that these gods have any power. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I like the clap even. I like that. That was uh, that was well, reminded would, me. That was like I would give, visit the Church of Alan White. Yeah, that that gave me like Marsha Gay Marsha Gay Harden from The Mist vibes, <laughs> uh, which Alan would not watch. But it was uh, she says oh, God I, like G A W D. I have news for you. Uh oh. I have seen The Mist. Oh boy! Oh. Whoa! What a brutal one to watch. Fucking ending! Oh my god! <laughs> See? <laughs> no wonder you're so broken about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. Ooh, it broke me. I haven't even shown that the kid that. Broke, that movie broke many people. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I have a, a, a deeper appreciation of your uh, distaste for horror then. See. So, all right. Well, my next note uh, is a little bit lesser than Alan's uh, capital G God uh, moment there. <laughs> was um, this whole flair business with Layla, this wasn't nearly as cool as they thought it was going to be. <laughs> Hey, you! <laughs> because I was like, I I think Layla's great throughout it, but they have this flare moment, and I was like, wow, this is either like in the way that this was cut, or the timing of it, or something like this didn't this didn't look this wasn't it. And you're you're referring to when she puts the the flare in the truck and it blows the truck up? Well, she's it's when she's like the truck's running around and she's like waving it and all that sort of stuff. Like it just didn't seem to work to for me. Yeah. I don't know. I just didn't like it. It just seemed like it was a lot of a lot of business for not a lot of payoff there. Well, I, I'll tell you, I I, I kind of got a little wiggy because she's so start start at the beginning, Eric. What? So, <laughs> because Kanshu got put in his little wall cachet, yes, right? Yes. He, he got imprisoned, and that was after he spun the whole world around and mm-hmm. got back to. The, the night 2000 years ago and it knocked out steven so steven is unconscious and layla's dragging his body around and then when the guys catch up to him to her she leaves steven's body on the sand right and and hides behind her truck and then the guys drive up to steven's unconscious body not dead body and they say he's dead and what <laughs> do they do they wait instead of riddling that body with bullets like if they want to make sure he's dead they should have shot the living bejesus out of that body and okay now that now the job's done (laughs) they had faith not a single one of them shot him that's true that is true by george michael (laughs) that is true um so you know they did not they did not take him out when they could have right they, they never do believe that he was dead. They never do. Um, so then we had the Layla moment, right? We get um, 
this is uh this is where they're basically in that tomb for most of the episode. Yeah, but um, just before they got just before they got in the tomb, mm-hmm. Layla is coming to terms with the fact that her husband has dissociative identity disorder and she's trying to get to know this other personality and Steven is falling in love with Layla. Mm-hmm. So Mark in in Steven's head says if you touch her I'm going I'm going to throw you off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> So let me ask you this, I guess. I I don't know if I asked Alan this or not. Steven, in in the books, he's he's a British guy, too, or not? No. Well, I mean, you can't hear his voice. I don't like that. I I told you he wasn't. Didn't I tell you? I didn't tell you he wasn't British. I don't know. That's why it never occurred to me even to ask until just now. I just Mm. assumed that he was. No. Well... I I don't think he I don't think he's portrayed as a British person. He doesn't seem to have those. He, they don't leave off his H's. So then, how do they differentiate the characterizations when he's when he's talking? Well, he's the rich one. He's the Bruce Wayne to Stephen is. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, but they don't. Do they have like uh, things like this to where they're talking to each other like this? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, in the in the recent stuff, there's a there's a big arc where they have a big, almost like a a meeting of the um, personalities. Okay. Yeah. But they look. But in the original stuff, it was always Stephen wore like a really nice suit. Jake Lockley yeah. had a mustache and a cap. Uh, yeah, and Mark Spector was just an just a guy. That cabbie look that I did, told Alan I did not love, with the little the <laughs> little hat there at the end. I did, was I was not a fan of that because I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Because I, I, I had no idea that there was three of them. I thought that there was two. So yeah, yeah. Or if you count Moon Knight as a personality too. I know. See, what about so that, you... Alan? You said, wait a minute. The graphic shows that there's three Oscar Isaacs. Shouldn't there be four Oscar yes. Isaacs or five with Mr. Knight? Come on. I say no. <laughs> I, I say I, I say that as you as you wanted to have, you wanted Moon Knight to be more of. Uh, a character, mm-hmm. or at least you wanted more of the superhero part of it. Oh no, uh, uh, Andrew does. Mm-hmm. But I think the series wants us to focus in on just those personalities, and they were only, and there were three personalities. But it was um, Jake Lockley was so subtle, and the the direction and the writing was so cagey about about Jake that we don't see him. As obviously, unless you're watching it for a second time or maybe a third time, but he's he was right there at the beginning of every show anyway in the credits, and I love that so much mm-hmm. because they they gave us three faces instead of just two faces. Mm-hmm. Right, right. My next note uh, about this episode, the tomb, was uh, this, is, this is later on, Alan. So I know you're going to get me because I'm not going plot wise. But it, okay, I, okay. I put that Alan would not go near this blood and bone stuff. Yeah, that was wasn't that nasty. Because <laughs> anytime they're in the the tomb, I'm like, oh man. Anytime there's anyone that's dead, I'm like, Alan is probably squeamish or squeamish or uh, crawling around or not liking some of this. It's just gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I yep. put. Uh, I put Layla is an absolute beast. <laughs> uh, I liked her. I liked her a lot, and I think that this was one of her stronger episodes. 
Um, and I just thought that it was, it was interesting that she was as capable as Mark Spector in terms of just being someone that was just good at what she does. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that that's the easiest way in movies, especially if it be, if it's an action adventure movie to show, um, or to entertain the audience is just show someone that's good at their job being good at their job. And, and so her like taking care of herself or, you know, then, and they have a, a few of the horror sort of tropes to where she's getting pulled away from the camera and all that kind of stuff. Um, I thought that that was all really effective and I, I was really sort of invested in her, uh, especially once we get into what Alan has alluded to a few times with her story with her father and, and Mark's involvement and all of that kind of thing. And, and, and that leads me to the question, tell me about either one of you, tell me about this Bushman character. Ooh. Who the fuck is this? Because I, I looked like, up I... one after I finished, uh, when, after I finished Moon Knight, I looked up. Uh, Moon Knight villains because I kept expecting it to be like a um, to have Oscar Isaac in his Moon Knight form against Ethan Hawke in his sort of avatar form as opposed to just like bashing the ground with his staff over and over like I, I kept <laughs> expecting him to be something other than what he was and then I'm like well who the hell are even like the villains of Moon Knight and the the number one answer I got was this Bushman person Raul Bushman. And this is like the... He's involved in Layla's father's death or something in the show? I'm tagging Andrew in. Okay. Um, (laughs) So in the comics, when Mark Spector was a mercenary for hire, um, they were in... He and Bushman, um, and there was another guy whose name I can't remember who's not really that important. Um, They were in Egypt and they heard... They were, they were mercenaries, but Bushman was more of a thief and hijacker and that sort of stuff as well. And there was, they heard that a professor had unearthed an Egyptian tomb, and they thought, oh, we can probably get some gold or something out of that. And um, they got there, and there was Marlene, who is Moon Knight's on-again, on off-again romance in the comics, um, and that's her dad. And they find him, and Bushman... Uh, Mark tries to stop him, but Bushman kills her dad. And that was uh, how he, he he sort of protects Marlene, gets her to escape, and Bushman leaves him out in the desert to die, and that's how he crawls into a tomb and finds uh, Conchu and becomes resurrected. He dies and resurrected as Mark Spector, the Moon Knight. Okay, so the um, but, the origin was pretty was pretty pretty close, except for it being yeah. Layla instead of the blonde woman. Exactly. Yeah. And okay. then Bushman comes back and forth a lot of the times, and um, you know he's he's a big he's usually most of the early stuff when they start a new series. Bushman is one of the first villains he'll fight, and it gets to a point where in the uh, the series we talked about before, the uh, uh, David Finch and Charlie Houston run, he actually takes one of his little uh, Moon Knight uh, crescent darts and um, carves Bushman's face off. Oh. <laughs> and actually skins his face and supposedly kills him. So, you know, it's, but then he, you know, as all good superhero villains do, he comes back later on. But yeah, it's, it's like a, he's, he's the big one. He's the big bad. You know, everyone has their, every character has their big, you know, he's like the, the green goblin, to Spider-Man, the Magneto to X-Men back in the day, that sort of stuff. He's, he's number one. Hmm. And he's just a yep. regular dude. 
Yeah, yeah. Because Mark's a regular dude in a suit, and he's just a regular dude with, you know, with mercenary capabilities. And yeah, filed and his teeth and a face and tattoo. And filed teeth. Yep, and a face tattoo. But he's uh, other than that, yeah, he's just a normal person. And there are there are arcs of, um, I think it's the Mark Spectre Moon Knight book, um, where uh, Mark gets arrested and sent back to some country where he'd been a mercenary in to pretty much uh, um, deal with war crime charges. Mm. So it's like they, they go into a lot of interesting stuff with that, you know, when he was a mercenary and how we you get bits and pieces as you read along that, you know, he wasn't exactly the nicest person back then either. Well, and, and I talked about this with Alan earlier as well, but I think that that's one of the things that Oscar Isaac really carries um, really well in this is that he – when he's being marked, before we get into the sort of sort of some of the love triangle stuff and the the asylum stuff, is he seems like a really kind of uh, disturbed guy. Like he seems mm-hmm. like he's been through some stuff. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. And so it feels like that. That's that's the sort of thing where it's like you can tell that there there would be stories available in between his past and what we're seeing currently. Um, Definitely. And so that that was something that I thought, and and most of that is just performance based. Uh, I I told Alan that we well we both basically agreed that Oscar Isaac was wonderful in this. Yeah, he's fantastic. <clears throat> yeah. That that face acting, yo. Yeah, the face acting, <laughs> especially once we get into the asylum, right, where he's switching just uh, with his voice and his face, and it's a it's a raise of the eyebrows, it's like a lowering of the chin, and and he's a sudden suddenly a much different person. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so. Yeah, so I talked about uh, how Layla's being acting like a beast. I said that they're playing with Layla's emotions with this whole stuff with her father. Um, I, you know, I, I question what we just got, what we just went over was, is that Mark's origin for the show and the books? Uh, and I said that this felt like the last episode to me um, because I, I did have to to check at one point because I was like, wait a minute, like this is like he's in the tomb, he's finding the stuff, he's. We've got Ethan Hawke chasing him down. Like, this feels like the end. Mm-hmm. Except he should have won, and he did not win. <laughs> yeah, and he gets shot, and I'm like, oh, yes, a down ending? <laughs> please have the please have the guts to go with the down ending. <laughs> oh, man, that would have been, that would have, like, been so controversial. As, it would have it, sucked, Eric! Is <laughs> you just end, and he loses. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, there's no season two, he's dead. <laughs> What is wrong with you? Who hurt you? <laughs> oh man. You can't do that. <laughs> See, this is Alan the, the studio exec speaking speaking oh, sense is, to me. This is Alice, <laughs> Alan maybe the empath or Alan the in, way to invest it all the time in every character he ever watches. Yeah, and my first thought always in every show is, well what if they just died? <laughs> what if they just didn't win? <laughs> The, uh, uh, what is it? The, uh, the Steven Seagal in uh, Executive Decision, where they kill him twenty minutes into the movie, out of the plane, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just not spoilers because it's in. It's pretty much in the trailer of the film too. So. And it's a Steven Seagal <laughs> movie, so really, who cares? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> to um, the point where they had to hire a bodyguard for the director at the premiere because Steven Seagal didn't know he was killed off in the movie. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they so they must have made it seem like that this is the last episode and then it comes in twenty minutes in or the last part of the movie and then uh, it yeah, comes they, in. They, they pretty much told him, "Oh yeah, we'll get you in for some reshoots for you know when you come back and help save the day." And they never got him back in. Oh my god! 
I do get a kick out of uh, watching Steven Seagal videos these days of him just not even trying and his whole, like, fake karate stuff that he does. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where he's just, like, a, a, just a kind of a bigger guy that is winded by getting up from his chair and such. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah, he's got the spray can. He's got the spray can uh, goatee and all that sort of stuff. It's rough. It's rough looking. So, spray uh, on here. Love it. <laughs> yeah, so we have... Um, so we have Mark and we have uh, Harrow's big sort of climactic moment. And this is typically, you know, in in a Disney series especially, this is where, you know, someone comes in and, like, convinces him not to shoot and Mark gets away or whatever. But no, he shoots him. Um, it was interesting that they just went with, like, a, just a gun. It was no sort of magical anything that he could recover from magically, you know? Uh, it was just a, it was just a gun and he got shot twice and the, it was a good shot. You know, it wasn't like, oh, it sort of got him in the shoulder or whatever. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, we get the, the mental hospital bit. And I thought that this part, uh, at the beginning of it, especially, I was like, well, the mental hospital stuff is great. Um, uh, I was like, this is really interesting. Um, it, it's stuff where I was like, well, I knew that, I knew vaguely that this was something that, um, that Jeff Lemire had gone into was the asylum stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't, Did, I, and I didn't know was, if I'd heard that through like an interview or what was So was Lemire's run, the one where New York got taken over by Conchu and Mark was doubting his sanity. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of just in and out and he was walking through sewers and, and he would see, the faces of Crawley or he would see a, a Crawley in a certain kind of role or he would see what's the woman's name yeah. who owned the diner? Uh, Gina. Gina or her or, and her sons that we haven't mentioned in the other episodes, but it, it, the, those characters never show up in this series. No. So I, I didn't mention them. Hmm. Yeah. It looks like uh, based on the volume one lunatic, it looks like that's what that's about Alan. It looks like it is Jeff Lemire's run. Okay. Um, and Greg, Greg Smallwood drawing it. Yeah, right? Greg Smallwood on the art. Oh, that, that is so good. <laughs> so <laughs> fucking good. <laughs> so that's one to definitely put uh, to check out is yes. Lemire and Smallwood. Yes. Okay. All right. Even if, even if you don't like the story, just based solely on the art, the art is incredible. Wonderful. Wonderful. So we get uh, we get toward the end of this episode, and this is when we get both Mark and Steven in the same uh, physical space. And we get that reveal of the hippo and I put a hippo. haha, What the fuck? And, <laughs> and then my wife goes, well, that was a weird one. <laughs> um, she had asked, she's like, you know, before I said, I, well, I'm going to be recording. And she said, what are you recording on? And I said, moon Knight, remember? And she goes, Oh yeah. And she's like, uh, tell Alan, Hi, and I said, okay, I won't tell Andrew hi then. And she's like, I didn't know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. you know, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know those two people. I get it. It's fine. Uh, and then um, she said, make sure you tell them that I really liked the show. And I was like, I, I definitely have Good and woman. will because she liked it more than I did. Ah, and she, ahead, woman. yeah, and yep. she just like could not get enough. Keeper, keeper, that's a keeper. <laughs> yeah. So especially once we got into the whole uh, asylum psychological stuff because that is her favorite thing. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's why. So that's, that's why she that got hippo- into that psychology. That's why she's Alan-esque in her uh, human resources and trying to make sure everyone's okay and all that kind of thing. 
People matter, Eric. <laughs> well, that's why you need so, the ying to your yang. You know what I'm saying? You need some uh, some really sort of... Um, well, that's why you talk to me and Andrew is what it is. You just need to <laughs> balance you out is what it is. Yeah, yep. <laughs> you just get two different... You know, two different people talking to your ears about the reality things, Alan, once you start thinking everything's too great. Yeah, how dare I? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, damn. That's what we're saying. And I'm the Jake Lockley, which makes me almost the worst of the lot, doesn't it? Jesus. Well, yeah, you're the you're the most brutal. I mean, you're the one who's the former fighter guy, right? Yes, very, very former. Well, that's back when the knees were solid. Oh, yeah, that they remind should, me. They should be solid by now. Get out there. Go do it again. I, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, I'm more I think he's wanting, doing it again. That's the problem. I don't know if you're wanting to fight or if you're wanting to get on the basketball court first. That's the real question. Uh, uh, neither of those at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I did a 3K walk yesterday. That was pretty good. So Ooh, there you I'm go. That's pretty good. It's slow, but it's working. You need to get on that uh, Allen elliptical is what you need to do. I mean, if I could do it, you could damn sure do it and just go ahead just, and do it you guys just set a little uh, skype session appointment and you guys can do it together yeah in the middle of it yeah when you, yeah <laughs> <laughs> well alan you can do it right now it's andrew wakes up monday morning goes on this little uh elliptical walk and you can do a little sunday afternoon sort of sort of thing i used to say that we were um lady hawk <laughs> you know mm-hmm. that show mm-hmm. oh that movie with michelle pfeiffer and i forget who the dude was tom cruise wasn't it no was it tom cruise oh it's a lady it was michelle pfeiffer and nobody else because i didn't care about anything other than michelle <laughs> pfeiffer <laughs> but one one only existed in the nighttime and the other one existed in the daytime <laughs> right <laughs> oh no it was matthew broderick sorry oh uh, well pretty similar <laughs> bless his heart <laughs> Uh, yes. Okay, so that was episode four. We we got there. We made it. Uh, episode five is uh, Asylum, and this is when we really sort of focus in on, you guessed it, the Asylum, and the different personalities, and what's reality, and what's not actually happening, and this is the, this is uh, where I, I got some, some Legion vibes, to where I'd, I've seen one episode of Legion. Mm. Uh, and it's very much one episode too. (laughs) It's very much the you know what's happening, what's not happening, and and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I put in here. uh, I was not kind to the beginning of this. I put that the the scales and the hippo is dumb as shit. (laughs) So I did not. I did not love that bit. (laughs) This is what do you really think? Well, this is (laughs) this is sort of this is sort of where the the show started losing me a little bit. Is once once we get into the they have to like. How do I want to say this? Like how I like. You want to say it, I like. Nasty. I like the. I like the uh, backstory with <laughs> Mark as a child, and Stephen mm-hmm. and that whole reveal. Mm. I think that that's really good. It's how a we serial got, killer brother. Yeah, how we got there with the, <laughs> with the uh, the hippo and the the scales of the heart and all that. I thought that was pretty corny. Like I didn't love, but that's very Egyptian mythology too. Uh, well, all I mean, that, all of not, that is from I, Egyptian mythology. Okay, I mean that that may be, but I, I'm sure that's you know accurate to to um not necessarily like Moon Knight's character, but I, I'm sure that that's like accurate to the mythology. 
But for me, that was the thing where that didn't work so much compared to how well the human stories were work was working. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it felt like that that balance wasn't what I was hoping for because like every time they were in his past and they were doing these sort of reveals, I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Like more of this, like just keep giving me this and all of this anguish that he's felt and he could never please Mm -hmm. his mother. And this is why he joined the military and blah, blah. blah. Mm -hmm. And he's always seeking this sort of, appreciation from others or and and since he could never get it he lashed out and became so skilled as a mercenary like i love all of that Mm -hmm. Uh, like i've said several times i love the sort of like inferiority complex characters like the john Mm -hmm. walker alan which is you know i'm going to keep beating that drum to where they're not that they're not that dissimilar in terms of like character motivations uh, to where they have this thing that they feel like they have to always atone for or can't ever live up to or whatever. Um, and so I, I just, I think that that stuff was really interesting, but once we got onto like the sand ship and the hippo, I was like, what, 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 what are we doing? Like we're, we're really hitting us hard with the emotions and then we're doing this stuff. So, well, you, you have to have a hook. You have to have, you know, you've got Groot and you've got baby Yoda and you've got alligator Loki. You've got to have something that you can sell toys of. Mm. Well, Speaking of toys, speaking of toys, the very first episode when Mark went into his his job, she he was asked or told or ordered to move that box of toy plush hippos. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. See, I didn't I didn't notice it. Alan schooled me on this once already, but I didn't notice it the first time. And I only noticed it on the second go. I didn't notice it the first Hmm. day, first my first watch either. Yeah, because I guess when I was looking at it, I was like, well, I don't know that this means anything about anything. Because I was like, you know, not not having any kind of idea about Khonshu or, or the Egyptian gods at all. I was like, oh, he works at this. He, he's a museum gift store worker. Neat. Like, I didn't know that that was going to be <laughs> like, I didn't know that that was going to be relevant to anything. <laughs> you know, so I was just kind of like, I was I was so much the layman in this. It was it was really kind of weird. So you have to then open your mind, man, and realize <laughs> that there's a lot more out there than what you know. Mm, I don't and like take it. Take it in. I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like that. Uh, let's oh, see. No. Here's the other <laughs> well, thing. You, guys, that... you, you both know that his brother becomes a serial killer, right? In Randall. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. What are you talking about? The little brother's dead. Well, well in, in the comic in the books. Show. Oh, well, no, um, I, had, I had no idea. One, one of the early stories in the, I think it was the Hulk magazine, the black and white Hulk magazine. His brother is this, like, axe-wielding maniac who keeps killing people. And then what he comes the back later on as uh, Shadow Knight, which is people, a lot of people in the uh, the Moon Knight, a couple of Moon Knight groups, I mean, absolutely hate the character. And, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. But he, he, he only ever showed up really early on, and then he brought, someone brought him back, like, the... 20 30 years later so it's definitely Hmm. a weird one huh uh my note about that was the little brother included now like no 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 like make this be a thing that he's having to overcome throughout the show like don't just give me this in episode five of six and say like oh yeah here's this trauma he's been working on guys like you didn't know this because I was like, what the fuck is this all about like you know if you would have given me just again like a glimpse of something uh, like a totem that Steven has, uh, like a picture of his brother or something that the brother 
like liked when he was a kid that was on like an end table or something that would have paid off later that reminded me of, that he had this brother that we didn't know about until episode five that mm-hmm. I didn't know about till episode five. It's like that, that was one of the things that felt like it could have been seated in even more that, that was sort of like a, huh? Well, I liked the mother stuff, but this felt somewhat like a missed, missed opportunity. Yeah. The, the mother, the seating of the mother thing, uh, when I, I knew from, listen, listen, <laughs> I knew that him talking to his mother was going to be some kind of gimme. Like I, I, I knew cause he was just too pat and we never hearing the mother's voice. And I knew that, you know, you know that Stephen Grant is an alter, or at least you know that he has dissociative identity disorder. So, you know, he's dealing with with some psychological stuff and he's talking to his mom. I didn't think he was ever talking to his mom from mm-hmm. the very beginning. Mm-hmm. But to to watch Stephen realize that he that his mother is not alive, that was now that was some good shit. Mm-hmm. Right. Because Stephen and needed his mother to be alive because that's who that's why he was created right to protect mark from an abusive mom and so steven had to see the world as a rosy place that was safe and he had to know mm-hmm. that his mother was not that dangerous person that was beating mark so steven's whole reason of for existing is to have a happy pleasant mother and he and he got confronted by that, and he was he was ready to fight that. And I think in the moment, Jake kind of slipped out there to protect both of them. But then Stephen was ready to accept that his mother's not not alive anymore. But I I was questioning myself because I didn't remember this from even the first watching. Who was the altar? I, I thought that maybe Stephen was the original, and Mark was the altar, but. When they started calling, when when we see the, the kids and we see them calling him Mark, I was like, well, damn, I guess Stephen's not not real. Hmm. Yeah. Except, except he's real. I'm sorry, everybody, he's real. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the way people the way people fell in love with Stephen Grant mm-hmm. <laughs> across all my socials. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it the Britishisms, so- Alan. Like we talked about, it's got it's Oscar Isaac looking the way that he does with those Britishisms are charming as hell. With those eyebrows, mm-hmm. those big sad eyebrows, and t- t- talking about face acting, in I, also in the first episode when he got that date, uh-huh. oh, uh-huh. that's what just came up for me. Hmm. What I just realized. Tell me. Mark didn't make that date, y'all. Oh, the Jake did. Jake had to make that date. Mark is married. Uh, he is. <laughs> Mark knows that Mark is married, so Mark never made that date. Jake made hmm. that date. Yeah, but if J- Jake had that stupid ass hat, she wouldn't have gone out with Jake. <laughs> she was ready to go out with Jake. She was ready to go out with Jake, and uh, that just derailed my whole point. <laughs> Mark, uh, Stephen, sitting at that at that table. Waiting, wondering why his date's not showing up, finding out that he's a he's a week late or at least a couple of days late, mm-hmm. missed the date, sat there. He's vegan, also. Right. That's why it's like he. That was the funny bit oh, about him. About yeah, what's the best bit? <laughs> and then he orders that steak. The way 
I, Oscar Isaac's face collapses mm. and is brought to the verge of tears and then recovers. That is some face acting for your ass right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved that. I mm. loved that. Mm-hmm. That's why people fell in love with Stephen Grant. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so is this is this another thing where it's taken from the book from the book? Like is Wendy Spector a, a thing in the book to where she's abusive? That I don't know. Or it was one's know? dad in the comics. Oh, okay. His dad Elias? was a rabbi. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he was a rabbi and it was um oh, there's bits and pieces all over the place. Not a lot of it, there's more in the there's a bit of it in the um uh, Charlie Houston run talking about how he, you know, his dad was never proud of him and he left home because of, you know, he left home and joined the military because of his dad. So I think it's sort of they just flipped it to his mum in this one. Okay. Okay. I thought that that was, uh, there was, there was some stuff where I was like, this feels a little like YA in terms of how it's staged. Like, cause it was just very mm-hmm. like SETI set. It's like, oh, we're on, we're on a set, everybody. And I was like, oh, I, okay, I can, I can tell. Um, but it, but it, I thought that the lady that played Wendy, I thought that she was great. Um, I thought yeah. that Wendy's great. It's like the the surrounding thing like looks kind of strange, but I thought that she was really strong. That that was that was hard. That was hard for me to watch because could you imagine? I mean, please no, God, oh my God, no! Mm-hmm. Don't even try to imagine. But if you have two children and one of them was responsible for the second one. And the other one to, and how do you, how, ooh, gosh, how, just how? So, you know, Wendy's decline and bitterness and instability, whew. Yeah, it was tough. It wasn't unrealistic. No, and and see, that's what was so strange to me because, like, there was parts of this, of this episode that I thought were really kind of not very well done. And then parts of it like this, where I was like, good Lord, like, this is wonderful. Uh, and then even, you know, even the ending bit where we have, you know, the, the two versions and they're fighting off all of these monsters on the, the sand ship or whatever the hell it's called. And, and we get, you know, it looks like Steven's going to save the day and it's big, his big triumphant moment. And then he gets taken over too. And my wife definitely had mm-hmm. the gasp and the hands over her face and like an, oh no, mm-hmm. kind of a, a moment. And we get the, the frozen Steven. And I was like, wow, all of this is working really well. Like this is really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it, he, that's when the scales balance. When yeah. Steven yep. is claimed, then it's balanced. So that, that has something to say about mental health itself, mm-hmm. which is if you make peace with or you eliminate some alters, then you're making more balance of your own life. You don't need to section off and, pu- and, and partition off your personality anymore you you're coming to some kind of balance mm-hmm. yeah. but the world the world was already in love with steven so that that wasn't going to fly <laughs> <laughs> right that's another one where i was like oh the balls <laughs> yes <laughs> it's like jeremy slater you're actually like taking a swing like i like this and then of course that, that makes me think it's more benson and moorhead <laughs> oh yeah well it could that's be sort of well did they do this one or did they not they didn't direct this one uh, yeah this was uh muhammad diab still yeah, um, and then he, maybe they, they're influenced with yeah, their really. darker stuff <laughs> right. that they make. <laughs> right, because Ellen and I talked about how we're looking. You know, I'm looking forward to uh, Loki season two because they're the ones involved. Uh, they're mm-hmm. supposed to be the main directors, and and 
that was a, a series that we both kind of struggled with a little bit. And uh, mm. but with them being the directors, I'm like, all right, well, it's going to be weird as hell. and They're going to have a lot of crazy, uh, far-reaching visual ideas. So we'll see. The stuff they make on budgets of, you know, $200,000, it's probably going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. So that's episode five. Our last episode, episode six, is Gods and Monsters. Um, and this was kind of an interesting one for me. Uh, this is when we get the villain, Amit is sort of released and we have this whole uh Khonshu Amit and then we have uh Ethan Hawke and Oscar Isaac going at it and <laughs> you don't want to call them you don't want to call you don't want to call them Arthur Harrow <laughs> I'm just so I'm just so used to their character and their actors <laughs> um but I thought I, I one of the things that I guess just never really really works for me and I just don't love the the really big, slow-moving creature stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm like, well, God, they're just so slow. Like, just move out of the way. Like, what are you doing? And I just, I just never understood that. Whether it's like Giant Man or even like a Godzilla sort of thing. It's like, just they're, they're so slow-moving. So but if you know. sign up for that, like if you sign up for a Godzilla movie, you know what you're getting. But in something like this, it's a bit... It did seem a little out of place in points. Um but I always think when stuff like that happens, it's sort of like, how is this not mentioned in any other show? There were was it, you know, these two giant creatures fighting each other over Egypt. How did no one else know about it? Well, and Alan mention. and I were debating if the if the whole time getting turned and the right. whole uh, the gods being upset about the whole world being adjusted mm-hmm. for a while, if that was going to be something that was going to be mentioned later, or if it was going to be. Mm-hmm somewhat like what we've seen with the Eternals up to this point where it's sort of forgotten. I haven't seen anything about the Eternals, so uh, I'll, uh, leave with, well, I'll leave that with you. There's just a big celestial at the end of Eternals. Oh, okay. So I think it probably will come into, I have a feeling it'll come into the uh, the stuff to come with the villain that they're using in the future in these things, mm. because it seems like, uh, you know, with, with the... The uh, time authority in um, Loki, and you know, I'm not I, the villain they're going to use ahead with uh, Kang, who's a time master as well. It's going to be interesting to see if this sort of stuff comes into play. Yeah, that's that's with the uh, the man that I, I still believe is not a, a real human being with the, the way that Jonathan Majors <laughs> looks, <laughs> especially in Creed in, Three in the preview to that. Gee, yeah, my God, <laughs> but, you know, hu- human growth hormone will do that. I'm watching him and like, there's no way that a man lifts himself up off the ground doing a push-up like this. Like he has to be on strings, doesn't he? Oh, you don't you don't watch enough of the fitness stuff on Instagram. Well, you're right, Alan. You are correct. <laughs> I don't watch enough of it. If you're wrong about everything else today, that is one thing you are right about. <laughs> That's true. That is true. So tell me about this. Tell me about the the character design of of Amit, of this villain, of the big crocodile. Is oh, that... no, I, I got nothing. Is that, I, I, is that a thing? In, um, in the, when I was a little kid, I liked the Egyptian uh, mythology a bit, and it's yeah, it seems pretty accurate to what I remember. And okay. The, it also, uh, what was that series, The Exterminators, the Vertigo series? Oh, it yeah. It's one of my favorite Vertigo books. Amit is a character in that, too. Hmm. Wow, it's been a while since I've read that, but I I have all of those trades. Yeah, I love that book. See? You're just big into the bugs because you're in Australia. That's what it is. Yeah, you'd think the opposite. <laughs> you would think. 
<laughs> just a glutton for punishment. Yeah, that's it. That's what it something is. Something about something about the physics of being that big. I think all. I think it's going to look slow motion. Is that what it is? I think so because oh, okay. it's it's a big arm sweeping through all this distance to but, punch. Yeah. I don't think that it's going to snap like a, a little six foot high person if it's a 250 foot long arm. Right, but then like, but wouldn't your brain still react in the same way, or would it not? Would it be that much slower? Like, you, like from you your the, perspective, if you're that big, are you still moving just as fast? The two of them. Yeah. The, if the yeah the two of them yeah the two of them are are relatively dodging and fighting but from the little people on the ground watching which is what the camera was giving us uh-huh. it's big slow motion fighting well then i need yeah. to see both then <laughs> give me a, give me a like, point you know, of view you gotta for... catch a fly and the fly because you're so much bigger than the fly ah, the fly okay. moves a lot faster than you can so it's sort of it's uh, all relative well, then yeah. i would like a, a, Perfect. a then give me a point of view shot from Kanchu or from amit and then I'm seeing that it's going in real time, and then I can get a wider shot of all four of them, and I can see that, in perspective, they're slower. But they're actually not. You know what I mean? I, mm. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still, in. I'm just in awe of that example right there because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking you just said that if they're so slow, you can get away really easily, and that's exactly what a fly does. Uh huh. Mm. So we'll that's what I'm saying. Get... Moon Knight would beat the shit out of this Ahmet. They needed to switch up their uh, the villain. No, Moon Knight is the. <laughs> oh yeah, well yeah, you're right. Switch him around. While while Ahmet is reaching slowly to grab him. But I guess he's just like a normal dude. So what would it do, right? No, not not when Kanshu got freed. Then he was Moon Knight again. Well, I mean that's what I'm saying. Like in in this, he's got he's got some like. Uh, he's he's like stronger, and he's got his little crescent moons that he can stab her with. But what else? I mean, it's he's not like super strong though, right? He's he was he's strong enough to crunch a crunch metal. Remember oh. when? Oh yeah, when, okay. When Stephen became Mister Knight, he found himself strong enough to crunch metal and get hit by a car and not die. And he can fuck <laughs> up the bathroom. Yes. Yeah. yeah. With yeah, the that poor janitor had to deal with that. Yeah. That's not fair. Yeah. Well, I do love the – I was telling Alan, I do love the his buddy that calls him Scotty. They can't get the name yeah. right. The, <laughs> I thought all of that stuff was great. I thought now, that all stuff. So get into the fact that Layla got empowered by Towerette. You okay. Towerette. This I thought was – I wanted so much more of this. So it's when she's like – she does the little – power discovery like half half like forward lunge thing and she's got the wings and all this i was like fuck yes like give me more <laughs> of this uh, yes. I, I liked how she's like you know she's been watching sam wilson she's like i know how to deflect shit she's like i can do just like the falcon does she's like i'm gonna deflect all of these bullets that are like six inches from my face no sweat do you uh, like, but, but yeah, do you like I, the fact I, that she resisted so long that she didn't want any, she didn't want any of those gods to make them, make her, make her their avatar and towerette with her, her sweet self. You know what I call her, the um, happy, the friendly lady hippopotamus god. Yeah, the hippo lady. 
she talks Layla into, come on, let me just take over your body for just a minute and we can do stuff. We could, we could fight. We could, we could free Khonshu. We could do, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And then look, Mark's in trouble. Khonshu's in trouble. We can help. And then she becomes the avatar for, for friendly lady hippopotamus god. And she becomes, I don't know if she's MCU's first Egyptian, well, MCU's first Egyptian uh, hero, superhero. Mm -hmm. But they took that one little moment, right, to have her uh, save that busload of, of ladies yes. and have that one girl identify you're a superhero. You're like me. Mm -hmm. that, that works. That was well done. I like that. That works. And I could see, you know, I could see all the, the, the dude bros and the neckbeards saying, oh, that's <laughs> – that's gratuitous. Now you're getting political, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know. <laughs> because, yeah, she's outwardly saying that she's an Egyptian hero. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they've had they've had Superman all their lives. And we've had a white superhero since 1930-something. So I guess we're just always supposed to have white everything everywhere all the time without any kind of diversity whatsoever. But um, no. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> We're going to have representation. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Mm -hmm. Tell me about uh, what do you guys think about the choice of of Harrow? I won't call him Ethan Hawke for one episode. What do you think of uh, the choice of having him essentially be beaten off screen? Oh, do you mean at the very end? Yeah. End, end credits? No, 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 not the end credits where he's like he's prone and it looks like Mark's maybe going to stab him or he's maybe not going to and all that sort of stuff. Like we cut from oh, we, yes. we lost the personality to where it was like Mark's getting his ass kicked and then we lose him and then he comes back and and Harrow's yes. down. And I'm like, well, whoa, wait a minute. Like this is our main villain and he's just like put out like that. Be and and th because and I'm going to say this because I love it. I'll tell you why I love it. Mm -hmm. Because fuck the villain. That's why. <laughs> Fuck them. I hate them. Why? Do, don't give them air. I don't want to hear from a villain. Like, don't pontificate. Don't win almost. Kill the villain. No, no. Okay, don't kill the villain. Beat the villain's ass. All right? So I'm fine with him getting beat up off screen because it's not Moon Knight getting beat and up. And so that was Jake doing it, though, right? That was Jake. Of okay. course it was. Mark didn't know who what happened, and Steven didn't know what was ha what happened. And every time he came to, and there was a whole field of people whose asses were beat, <laughs> that was always Jake. Okay. I'm solid on that now. I think I think I understand that piece. Yeah, yeah. I'll go with that. Uh, and then when we were we were talking about the whole Conchu thing that he was upset about was it was future crimes versus current crimes and it was like like we said it was like civil war two it was like minority report it was like very much this whole thing of well what if maybe you're going to eventually do something in the future are you still a bad person then you know and are you always going to do that thing and that's what amit wanted and and Kanshu said no and and all that i was like okay I don't know about this so much. Like that just felt like a <laughs> not as like a climactic thing as it could have been. Like they didn't seem like they were really that far away from each other to where that was like a big end of a season kind of a thing. Because Conchu wants them punished right now for the well, he, Conchu for wants them what punished they've done, right? for what they've done, and Amit wants them punished right now for what they 
are are going to do. But I guess that begs the question: Does she know for a fact that that's what they're going to do? Yeah, I don't mm. know. That's good. That's a good question because that was, you know, and one of the yeah. things that we kind of skipped over was I did like how that there was all those military people that Layla was uh, in amongst, and mm. there was one of them that was like the scales balanced for him mm-hmm. and he was like the good one. And so I kind of liked that idea to where all the other ones were like, you know, I'm sure Alan doesn't love this, but all the other ones were, <laughs> were killed off except for this one that was like a good person who was saved. So yeah, I thought that was interesting. But, but you saw what happened to him though, right? After he was good, he just joined Harrow's army. Mm-hmm. So is that, is that the reward for yeah. heaven? That, that, who wants that? Well, he's been good up to that point though, right? It's almost like the, um, like what they do with the worthiness of of Thor's hammer for a while. It's like, what if he? What if that dude fucks up like five seconds later? Then Harrow's gonna kill him. It's like, dang, you're you're gonna you're gonna go through people real quick. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's what. I'm... That's a no. That's a good point. After they've been balanced out at that point in time, what about the rest of their life? Mm-hmm. Are they? Are they free forever? Are they never going to do anything wrong? Or after they know that they can, now that they know that they've been weighed in the balance and and found good, are they going to then abuse that knowledge and say, "Well, shit, I got this. I can do anything I want now." <laughs> yeah. It's not. It doesn't seem like it's a monthly handholding thing that Harrow's going to do, right? <laughs> right. Like, let me right. check you every first of the month and see. Right. Hmm. Right. Yeah, because no one's ever abused power in their life. Come never. on, man. Yeah. Never. Well, not in Australia never anyway. Happened. They they may be doing it in the U.S., but not in Australia. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> wonderful down there, is what I heard. Yeah, but I'm oh, the yeah. one telling yeah, you sure. that. <laughs> so it's, what did, it's me telling you that because Andrew lives there. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all of Alan's influence that makes me think that way. Uh, what do we think about the uh, what do we think about the the end of the series being before the before the after credits bit, but it ends with the pratfall with the the string and the sand and all that stuff. I put woof. <sighs> I, I did not love that. I was like, no, you're ending this you're ending this on on this kind of a joke. Like, no way. There's got to be some after credit something. I just if I never see Oscar Isaac's feet again in my entire life, it'll be. <laughs> that's right. That's the other part where we were seeing feet. I forgot because I thought it was just Ethan Hawke with the shoes, but you're right. Nope. It's it's with the the cuff on his ankle. So many times. <laughs> just why? <laughs> just not a fan. Alan's not a fan. There's just not. Yeah. Uh, so. Again, since I didn't know anything about it, we get we get this post credit moment, and we get the limo, and we get Conchu, and we get the the what I am now gonna just make um, become a thing. The Echo moment is what I'm just gonna keep calling it, uh, where we get a gunshot on a Disney Plus show to end the series, and <laughs> it is a uh, I put third personality question mark, and then I was like, oh yep. <laughs> <laughs> but you got it. Yeah, you saw it clearly. I got it. Yeah, I got it in like the yep. last five seconds of the series. <laughs> a little slow on the take. Uh, and then I was like, "What the hell is the Good deal job, with boss. the?" Co- I was like, "What's the deal with this costume?" I was like, "This Jake guy looks dumb as hell." <laughs> Not yeah, again, right. knowing that that was just the way that the character looks. So he does because he doesn't have his mustache. There yeah. you go. That's the problem. Just, he doesn't magically grow the tash like uh, 
like what's his face like superman you could right or like the way moon knight grow, grows his costume mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah you can't just that would have looked weird though if just he turns the profile and then like the mustache comes out and the hat comes on that would have been like his alter <laughs> his super alter ego has a mustache well my question is he spoke spanish right either before yeah right before he killed well he may have killed that's the other thing if if the shooting off camera or the shooting is indirect and you can't see the person getting shot then there's a good chance that they can bring the character back or they can say you know jake shot into the upholstery just to scare what's his face instead of actually killing no nobody no death Mm -hmm. right i don't like that but he spoke spanish yeah so is jake lockley a spanish uh, a latino alter or is mark specter a spanish jew well maybe jake just he's a brooklyn guy right like maybe he's just used to being around different uh people of color that speak different languages arthur harrow is not spanish so why 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 do it just to prove that he can for emphasis yeah just to prove that it's a different personality, maybe. Okay, uh, that I can I can buy that. Right. And plus, Oscar Isaac said, "You know what? We're we're bringing some color in here. Like I'm I'm Spanish, and we're going to do some Spanish stuff." Hmm. So I don't know. I, I, was, I thought that that ending piece was was interesting. Let me let me ask you guys this though. So, what would a season two of this be? Because Alan is making me believe that they didn't just shoot. Oscar Isaac in Egypt for a cameo for a different movie. So if there's a season two and he shot some stuff already, what what sort of like villains or storylines or where 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 could this possibly go from this first season? Well, I would think Bushman. I would think he'd bring Bushman in as the as the villain and have it be um, about Layla and the dad and who yeah, killed him and, and Mark answering for his mercenary ways and you know it's it's got to be the natural progression i guess but there's a lot you know you'd, you'd probably have to leave out a lot of the egyptian mythology after that though which seems to be what they were playing for in the first season so it's i don't know i think bushman is probably the best one best villain to bring up but who knows hmm. could they bring could you think that they could introduce his brother then and say that he actually wasn't dead and have that be like a trauma thing for him. Have his brother washed down the river and he is found by a head of a militia in the forest called Raoul Bushman. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And he raises him as a psychopath who is murdering people in New York. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's got to track him down and and he finds out it's his brother. Yeah. There you Mm -hmm. go. There it is. Done. Alan, see how easy that is? Well, Cut that I check, mean, baby. Just, 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 please, though, tell me why and how his mother and father were so struck by grief. Did they just, did they have a closed casket because they couldn't find a body? It, it seemed to me like they found their, their dead this, child. These are just mm. incidental plot holes. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, that's a uh, <laughs> life model decoy, isn't that what they use? <laughs> oh my god! And then the, the big, the, the big reveal of season two is that Doctor Doom's behind it all, <laughs> and Alan would lose his mind if that's how he got introduced. <laughs> Bushman is good though. Bushman, I'm ready for Bushman. Okay. I want to see Bushman. Yeah. And uh, there, that any ad with all those gods, 
you know, that's that's a fertile field of. Well, yeah, you got all of the other gods, right? Yeah. Your question was who they were and what was the what was the whole um, hierarchy and stuff like that. And it was barely touched on. Mm -hmm. So maybe season two and three, maybe could start touching on it. Like, what are the other gods doing? What? Who else is deciding I'm not going to hide forever? Yeah. What do they think about Layla having being an avatar and yeah. Except Layla's not keeping that. She said it was temporary. She told she told Talbot. Yeah, she said. <laughs> yeah. See, I I would open with opening with uh, Stephen waking up in like a a prison in the middle of some African country, and they've you know they've kidnapped Mark or they've arrested Mark for war crimes, and he's got to deal with that. Hmm. Interesting. Right. We had this, you know, poor, poor, sweet Stephen having to deal with some horrible prison and having to work his way out of that one. Yeah, he could say oi and idnit and all that stuff. Oi, oh, innit? <laughs> <laughs> he could say all those things. I mean, Kevin Feige is also a listener, so he could just get a hold of the three of us and we'll write it for him. Oh, I'm man, down. Please, come on. Give me that cash. I mean, I'll just take the check. I won't even write it. I'll just give you the idea, you know. You just work oh. on that. I'll do plenty oh, of research oh. by then. <laughs> No, I'm a snitch. I'm a tell. <laughs> you better work. <laughs> work. <laughs> I like it. Well, anything Snitches else about stitches, uh, about Moon Knight? Do you do we know do we know anything about where this character is going to show up next in the Marvel? No, no, in... I didn't ever reviewed anything at all. Yeah, which makes me but sort you... of worried. Like, what was the what was the general consensus about this? This is one of those things that does uh, is trending on my Twitter occasionally, and it'll say like. It's just all these people gushing about how much they loved Moon Knight. So, mm. but I, but I've never really heard that it. I mean, I obviously haven't heard that it got renewed even yet. So I don't know. I haven't well, heard I... anything. I know that the day that they announced that they were making a Moon Knight TV series, I, it was when I was at, um, I was actually at Disneyland in California, huh? and um, my, I had an internet connection at the park, and my phone was just going bonkers with people telling, did you see did you see did you see yeah <laughs> 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 so it was nice of them to wait until i was actually at disneyland to announce it at a d23 conference so yeah or whatever it is d whatever it yeah. was then and here you thought it was like a new frank Lauder movie with the way that people were blowing up your uh your stuff That's it. yeah i thought in basket case four, uh, four. <laughs> yeah remake of basket case was coming and you were oh, selected yeah. to write it. <laughs> Can you not? I, 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 I don't want my heart broken. Come on. <laughs> That's right. What we're saying is we're all available to write several things mm. and reboot several things. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm not even that expensive to hire. Come on. Hmm. Well, Alan is because he lives in New York. Yeah, yeah. you got to give you got to give me uh, the you got to scale it up for me. so i don't know i think that this is one of those things to where i had very low expectations i all that i knew about moon knight going into it was that it was it was uh andrew's favorite character it was a person that showed up occasionally i knew the name mark specter uh and i knew very little else about it and coming out of Mm -hmm. it i was like well that's really interesting i'm definitely going to read some of the books um, I hope that the character is used more. Um, yeah. and, and I hope that it's not just, you know, you just see Moon Knight and you don't get any of Oscar Isaac and, and the different personalities and all that. Like, I wouldn't want him to show up and be just a superhero ad- addition to, you know, an Avengers or a Thunderbolts or whatever. 
Or well, they, killed off screen, yeah, Kang yeah. killing everybody, and then the, you you go past the you know Moon Knight laying there like that would be really disappointing. Mm-hmm. They're gonna if they, they're not gonna hire they're not gonna bring Oscar Isaac in if they're not gonna show Oscar Isaacs. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't think. Yeah, mm-hmm. they just have somebody dressed up in a Moon Knight costume. Yeah, I, I just wouldn't want it to be like oh we're gonna introduce this new villain and have him plow through this five minute of. Moon Knight in full costume and to establish how bad this new villain is or something. You know what I mean? See, that's mm-hmm. the stuff you like. No, no, no. I don't like it when it's cheap like that. I feel. They, they've got to they've got to <laughs> twist the knife for me to really like it. Like if they just do it real cheaply, I'm like, nah, nah, nah. Maybe it's just you torture him first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just if they old like they did at the beginning of um that Thor. Uh, which which Thor was it? What's the beginning of Thor? That wasn't even the beginning of Thor. The beginning of Avengers. Um, oh, Infinity uh, War. Infinity, Infinity War. Yeah, see, yeah, I like yeah. that. Why? And we get Loki trying to, because I had all that history with Thor, and we get oh. Loki trying to save his brother finally and become like this thing, and then he gets killed, and you're like, holy shit, like this is some serious stuff. I liked that piece, but Moon Knight's only been in this one series. I need him to be in like several things before you can give me that. Oh. I wonder how many. How much screen time in this series did Moon Knight have compared to how many minutes of cinema time that Loki and Thor has had? Hmm. I don't know. Because he's got six episodes of like roughly 50 minutes. Mm -hmm. So 300 minutes. But Moon Knight in the suit, he's not in a lot of it either. Oh, no. That's true. Yeah, he's in the one with with that... Uh, the Abercrombie model is the one where he's in it the most, isn't it? Oh, you know what I meant to say yeah. about the Abercrombie model? He huh. passed. He passed away in real life. Oh, did he really? He did too. He did too. Who else did? Then he did. He did as well. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yep, and I don't know why. I didn't see the cause of, but. He gone. Oh, here's another thing I was going to ask you guys about. What is the situ- is is Bobby and her partner a thing in the books? Uh, Harrow's like sort of police uh, assistance. Uh, Harrow's only in one comic in the whole of Moon Knight. Oh, really? Yeah, he's like a very obscure pops up for one issue and then he's gone. So. Wow, that's really strange. So that's not it's not yeah. like a um, Iron Fist like legacy thing. Nope. No, 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 no. Oh, wow. I wonder what the hell that was all about then. Yeah, it's um, it was an interesting choice, that's for sure. See, I thought, my thought was that when they cast him, I thought he was going to play Crowley. Because mm. I thought he looked like, you know, he, he, with his long hair and his beard and everything, I thought, oh, yeah, he'd be like a perfect Crowley. But I didn't realize he was actually going to be the villain when they first announced it. And don't you think that the person that they did cast for Crowley looked like Crowley, though? Oh, 100%. Mm. Right? So we got to have more of him in the second season. Just got a couple of flies around his head. <laughs> right. I was trying to tell Alan that Ethan Hawke could have played uh, Green Arrow, and he was fighting me about it. Ooh. Let's see? Ooh. I don't, I don't mind it. <laughs> that was a more positive response than Alan gave me. Do you mean? <laughs> do you mean twenty years ago he could have played? Green well, I'm Arrow? saying like yeah, if maybe. you look at him now and he's got like the sort of salt and pepper beard, like he could have played an older Oliver Queen. 
I'm not even happy with Stephen Amell not having blonde hair. So how is he to help with the slide? So you want to go back to the, the Smallville version? Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> they have to be on model. That is Alan's number one thing. I'm mostly. Yeah. Please. <laughs> and don't be killing people. <laughs> not no, not well, I mean some deaths are are dramatic but we don't want to fridge anybody. Yeah. That's for sure. No. That's for real. But I, I can I can respect like a a good heroic striving to do and not not getting across that finish line, but let his let somebody's partners and people associated with the hero team rally and win the day. Just don't you can't end a whole series or a movie with the person just gone at the end and the and the bad guy winning. I don't I, that, I'm not interested in anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> that seems right. That seems pretty uh, consistent. All right. Well, anything else about uh, about Moon Knight as a whole before we wrap this one up? Just give me season two, please. Season two. Alan, anything else from you? Maybe um, maybe Jake will have the classic comic book um, Moon Knight look. Maybe he'll be in all Ooh. silver, silver and black. Ooh. That's one of the things where I thought that that was really. I thought the costume looked really cool in this. Because I, yeah, since I had too. since I had no frame of reference, I was like, I don't know, it's just dude in white. But I thought that the way that they mm. la- they like layered it in and made it look more Egyptian with the wraps and such, mm. I thought that that was cooler yeah. than if it was just like a rip off Batman like a suit, but it's white. You know. Well, you got to respect the 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 main director. They wanted to make sure that that their their culture was firmly represented. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. That is true. Yeah. All right. Well, wrapping us up, if you have any comments for the show, you can email us at plainlabelpodcast at gmail.com. If you wanted to help out the show, you can check out our show notes. We can find the link to our Amazon wish list. I do want to thank both of these fine gentlemen for coming on. If people wanted to hear, Alan, we'll start with you, from you, or get in touch with you, or purchase something from you, where could they do that? They can look me up on Twitter at new mutant they can look me up on instagram at new mutant 08 and i'm also slipped over there to mastodon oh. online <laughs> i have such a limited understanding of how any of that works <laughs> please yeah. tell me so well i i don't please i'm <laughs> no. but no. you're over there well I'm over there. I'm over there to find friends that left Twitter. <laughs> That's what I'm over there for. And it's it's a it's like a whole bunch of different islands, and each one of them has a at Mastodon, at Universal Don, at something 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 something. Uh-huh. And you you join one of those things, and then you're online, and then you hook up with other people. And oh my gosh, it's a it's a little bit confusing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Feels like but a lot can, of work. You can find me at the new mutant at mastodon dot social. I think is what it is. Okay, Mr. Shaw, what uh, where can people find you if they wanted to get in touch with you or purchase something from you? Uh, I am at Andrew underscore short two three on the Twitter and the Instagram. Um, and yeah, I haven't got much in the way. I think uh, you all need to check out the power principle though. I think uh, uh, look at Alan one sleeping. of my favorite things to read. Uh, 
Yeah, he, he buried the lead there. He's got to, you know, talk about the power principle. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's awesome comics, and you need to check it out, and you're a fool if you don't. Absolute fool, he says. Look at that. Oh, you heard yep. about it. Look at that. All right, well, thank you for listening, and you can join Alan and I next week as we discuss Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Silly game.